Within the church, we understand that we can't have perfect leaders, but somewhere along the way, we've grown to accept pathetic ones instead. What happens when we water down the requirements for leaders? Well, the whole church drowns. It's time to go the second mile with demanding for more than burdensome leaders. Hey, this is Travis Agnew, and thank you for joining me for the Second Mile Podcast, where you seek to live out the words of Jesus from Matthew 5.41, where he says, if anyone asks you to go one mile, go the second mile as well. Don't do just the bare minimum following Jesus, and that's why I am so uh, thankful that we get to talk about this topic today, which is burdensome leaders. So for a few months, we are talking about the nature of small groups and how important they are uh, to the spiritual landscape that we know as 2021 as we are trying to get back to whatever the new normal is and how do we uh, continue to be the church in a time where social distancing is now the norm and we're all trying to figure out how to to do life. Well, ultimately, we still need the body of Christ. We need the church. And more than just saying that you watch services online or more than you just are filling a seat in the back row of the church uh, campus during worship, uh, one of the things that is definitely necessary for your souls is a smaller group, uh, smaller than however you would call it, whether it's Sunday school class, small group, gospel group, community group, discipleship group, you name it, but a smaller group of people, ideally around 12, and why is 12? Well, because that's where Jesus had, uh, but a small enough group of people that knows that if you're not there, they know to come looking for you. They've got their eyes out for you, not in a way to beat you down, but to make sure they keep you up. And that's why it's so important, especially in times where many people are learning that church uh, is something to be sought out when it's convenient and it's completely acceptable to make it used for any other thing uh, we can use our time for. But ultimately, we need a group of people that are looking out for us. And so for a few weeks, we talked about the nature of the authority of God's word as necessary for a small group. But what I want to talk to you about uh, for the next three weeks is the maturity that's needed for small groups and specifically as it relates to the leader of a small group. Um, This is so important, and it's something that can be often overlooked because um, no matter how you want to walk away from it or avoid this uh, thought process, but it's important for us to all realize the health and maturity of a small group is very contingent upon the health and maturity of the group leader. The entirety, sincerity, the nature of the way that the group interacts is going to be based on how that group leader um, leads out within that group. And so this is why it's so important for us to look at, as you're looking at the health of a small group, we have to look at the health of actual the leader here. And so I want us to consider what does it mean to lead a small group of people spiritually and what type of maturity should that person have? Now, if you were listening to this and you're saying, you know what, I'm not a small group leader, so does that mean I can you know, turn it off and listen to something else? I hope you'll stay with me for about another eight minutes or so. Uh, and, and this is what I'm going to ask you to do, uh, because you need to know how to pray for the leader of your small group. And you also need to consider that one day God may be calling you to lead a small group of some sorts or lead another group of uh, believers in some type of way. 
And I want you to listen to why it's so important that you're not a burdensome leader, but you're actually a blessing to whatever that group is, because we know deep down that imitation is important. First Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, uh, Paul told the Corinthian church, if you want to imitate Jesus, well, imitate me. And that may seem prideful, but honestly, that is the goal of discipleship, that we should be leading and loving and learning in such a way that if other people were to follow our example, they would be following Jesus as well. And so as we, we come down to this issue of maturity, as it relates to to smaller groups within the church body, I want you to think about this, that if you were just to uh, reduce leadership down to what first mile believers would be, is that the church has grown accustomed to finding worldly leaders and putting them into spiritual uh, roles. So the first mile believers would say, okay, we'll get somebody who's confident and able to command a crowd because in business or in school or whatnot, they're kind of that go-to person, right? They have this natural charisma about them and that they're very successful in life. So therefore, it should equate to success in the church. Uh, world. In reality, a lot of times I have seen people who are successful in the business world uh, be given church leadership roles, and it is an absolute train wreck. Just because someone has um, been able to be successful in the worldly system uh, sometimes can actually mean that they're going to have a problem being successful in church life and in the kingdom living because a lot of times the ways of the kingdom are very different. So we don't want to just settle for first mile, first mile worldly believers, uh, worldly leaders leading our groups. We want to have second mile, which are actually godly leaders. Uh, more than charisma, more than success, more than an impressive resume. We want people to be able to be walking with the Lord. And that example is so contagious. It sets the standard to where other people want to follow. And I'm just saying that so many groups uh, fail what God has called them to be within the church because, you know, the, the simplicity of it is they just have gone, grown accustomed to accepting immature leadership and the standard is down, um, the standard is watered down, and there is no example, there is no thing to shoot for, and there's no one saying, hey, come follow after me as I follow after Christ. Like the people that I've grown from the most of my life have been those who have followed Jesus so hard and so fast and and so um, devoted that I have to pick up my pace just to continue to uh, see them uh, up ahead. And that's what we all want for our uh, leaders. And and yet we're not looking for perfect people here. I don't want you to get down to this and say, well, I'm never going to be perfect, so therefore I, I could never lead. That's not, we know that no one is perfect. But somewhere deep down, we've grown accustomed to church saying, when no one's perfect, so therefore we just kind of take a free pass. And we feel like that we don't have to really work hard to actually get people who are fully accustomed to growing in Christ. So we're not looking for perfect leaders. We know that those don't exist, but we also don't accept pathetic ones either. We don't accept leaders within the church that are leading people spiritually, no matter what age they're leading. We don't accept people who are just somehow barely following Jesus on the first mile, barely giving of themselves, not seeking to be an example. And, and, the, and in their authenticity, hopefully, if there is a mature leader, they'll, they can tell people, hey, I'm not there yet, but by the grace of God, I am getting there. I'm getting somewhere. I'm growing. And that should be evident in the life of a disciple and especially in the life of a leader. And so we cannot grow accustomed to the fact of that, well, you know what, there's not many mature people, so we accept it. You need to make sure that the standard is still high because if you water down the standard for the leaders, guess what? The followers are going to fall in line even beneath that. Uh, If you want someone uh, in your church to grow in Christ, you better make sure that you have leaders who are growing in Christ in front of them. If not, the standard is going to weaken and the church will weaken as a whole as you watch it decline. 
can't think of how many times I have um, actually tried to address a ministry group uh, in which you see it be, be almost accustomed to allowing sin to take place and, and we kind of belittle and water down the things of the Lord. And you go, why is that? Well, typically what you find is you find worldly leaders leading that ministry and they're not calling their leadership to a higher standard. Um, and, and those ministries that had ungodly leaders and everybody knew about it and everybody was surprised at the spiritual um, just low health of the group because they accepted it. You know, in Jeremiah chapter 23, the Lord speaks to um, God's people in a very particular way and just decries how horrible it's gotten because they allowed poor shepherds to lead the people. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 1 and 2 says, Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people, you have scattered my flock and have driven them away. You've not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to your evil deeds. So you mean that the Lord actually called out these people who said, you're not taking care of my people and therefore I'm coming after you. In verse 9, when he says he is concerning the prophets, this is what he says. The land is full of horrible, evil people. And this is why, verse 11, you ready for this? Both prophet and priest are ungodly. Even in my house, I have found their evil. So he's saying, you know why the people of God are in such bad shape? Because God's leaders are supposed to be God's leaders are actually in bad shape. They are allowing wicked and unrighteousness to run rampant in their life. And so why should anyone be surprised? That's the standard of God's people now because they've let the people go. They've let the leadership go. Verse 12 says, Therefore their way shall be to them like slippery paths in the darkness, into which they shall be driven and fall, for I will bring disaster upon them. That they were allowing people slippery paths. People were following their example and getting themselves in trouble. In verse 16, he warns the people, don't listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes or empty hopes. There's nothing there. They speak visions of their own minds, but they're not from the mouth of the Lord. So here's another evidence of what a poor, uh, burdensome leader would look like is someone who's speaking their opinions more than God's word. Now, why would they do that? Well, these folks didn't know God's word. They didn't care about God's word. They weren't applying it to their own lives. So when they had the opportunity to teach someone spiritually, they just taught other people what they thought about life, about what they thought about faith. And you know what? That was leading them down slippery paths into such a horrible place. I cannot think about the weight. In fact, James chapter 3, verse 1 says, many of you shouldn't even want to be teachers. You know why? You're going to have a stricter judgment for this. And so in verse 33 of Jeremiah chapter 23, he says this, and this is, this is such a um, hard truth to hear, but it says, when one of these people or a prophet or priest asks you, what is the burden of the Lord? You shall say to them, you are the burden, and I will cast you off, declares the Lord. Out of all the burdens that the people of God were having to wrestle with in those times, you know what the greatest burden that God saw was burdensome leaders. It were people that should have been leading them to the Lord were actually leading them away from him instead. And this was the greatest burden on the people, that there were people who were standing up and speaking in the name of the Lord and pointing them in the opposite direction of what the Lord had called them to. Now, the way this comes down into your ministry, into your church, and the way that you lead other people, be very careful that in a need, a desperate need for volunteers and people to teach, that you don't water down what the expectation is for God's people as they lead out. Don't allow the people that are supposed to be a blessing to the Lord actually be a burden to the Lord because they are pushing people away, pointing them in an opposite direction of what God's called them to be. You know what? I know that there's an ideal scenario of every church and every ministry to have a, a bunch of leaders. 
but don't do damage to the entire group by allowing pathetic leaders to continue to lead, burdensome leaders who put burdens on the people. Raise the bar of leadership and pray and ask God that you can disciple the leaders who are discipling others. I hope to see you on the second mile.